Let God transform your life as you listen to this inspiring sermon by Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb. Hundreds of years ago, there was a ruler in Belgium named Reginald III. Reginald ruled as the Duke of Gilders and the Count of Zutphen. But he wasn't famous because of his position as a duke and a count. Instead, Reginald was famous for his size. He was grossly overweight and was often called by his Latin nickname, Crassus, which means fat. One day, Duke Reginald and his younger brother Edward had a violent quarrel. Edward wanted to become the ruler, so he led a successful coup against Reginald. Edward captured Reginald, but because he was his brother, he was reluctant to kill him. Instead, he built a room in the castle of Nijenbeck and put Reginald inside. Then Edward made a surprising promise. Edward told Reginald he could regain his throne and property as soon as he was able to leave the room. Well, this would not have been difficult for most people since the room had several windows and a door of near normal size. The door and windows were not locked or barred, so Reginald should have been able to escape the room and resume his reign. The problem was Reginald's size. He was so fat, he was unable to pass through the door. In order to regain his freedom, he needed to lose weight. But Edward knew his older brother. He knew Reginald had a huge appetite that he could not control. So each day, Edward sent a variety of delicious foods to his brother, which Reginald quickly devoured. Instead of dieting his way out of prison, Reginald grew fatter and fatter. When Edward was accused of cruelty, he had a ready answer. My brother is not a prisoner. He may leave when he wants. All he has to do is avoid eating all that food so that he can lose weight. But even though Reginald wanted to be free, and even though he hoped to regain the throne, his habit of gluttony kept him bound. And so it was that Reginald stayed in that room in the castle for 10 years. He wasn't released until after Edward died in battle. By then, his health was so ruined He died a few months later, a prisoner of his own appetite. Have you ever felt like Reginald III? You may not have an uncontrolled appetite for food, but other habits hold you back. You may want to do good. You may have high hopes for your future, but you find yourself bound by habits that keep you in chains. You want to fulfill your destiny in life, but you end up foolishly following the path of selfishness. You have uphill hopes, but downhill habits. Fortunately, there's a way out for you today. You can learn to break free from your downhill habits so that you can achieve your uphill hopes. That's the lesson we're going to learn in our sermon today. But before we go on, let's bow our heads and pray. Almighty and everlasting Father, we thank you for gathering us in your presence to hear your word today. We submit to you now, and I bind every voice of the enemy that would come to deceive or disturb or distract us. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I loose the power of the Holy Spirit, the power to bring us light and life, the power to bring us the grace to obey, that we might achieve our uphill hopes and bring you glory and praise. We thank you now by faith in Jesus' name, and everybody's said, amen. I want to invite you to take a moment and join your faith together with mine. Just put your hand on your chest and pray after me. Say, Lord Jesus, speak to my heart. 
change my life. Manifest your glory in me, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of Truth for Today. It's great to have you join me for our third sermon in the series, How to Predict your future. We're on a journey to discover the roadmap that will lead us to success. For the truth is, when you link your direction today with your future destination, then you can take the steps to avoid danger and adjust your path to achieve success. So let's take just a minute or two to review what we've learned so far in our sermon series, How to Predict your future. We began two weeks ago with our first principle of prediction called the rule of the road. The number one indicator of where you'll end up in life is the road you're traveling on. The road leads where the road leads. If you want a better future, you need to get on a better road. Then last week, we learned the principle of prediction called the company you keep. Your friends equal your future. For the Bible says, walk with the wise men and become wise. Walk with fools and be destroyed. So who you travel with determines where you travel to. Now, if you happen to miss either of those sermons, I want to encourage you to visit my YouTube channel at Pastor Richard C. Whitcomb and catch up on the important truths I share in these messages. I know God will bless you with the truth that will change your life. Today, we're going to learn our third principle for predicting your future as we discover the power of habits. And to help us learn the truth for today, we've prepared sermon notes. The sermon notes and the daily devotional are available each week for free on my Facebook page, on my YouTube channel, and on my website. I invite you to take out your notes and follow along with me as we discover three truths about habits. There at the top of your notes, you'll find our scripture text for today. It's an amazing story found in the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 7. In this story, Jesus shows us how to predict our future based on our habits today. You have the story on your notes. It's on the screen ahead of you. So let me read it for you as you follow along. Now receive the word of the Lord from Matthew 7, 24 to 27. Therefore, Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to your hearts today in Jesus' name, and everybody shout, amen. Think about this story for a minute and what Jesus is telling us. When you get to the foundation of his message, Jesus is really giving us this story to help us predict our future. He tells about two men. He tells us about what they did and how it impacted their destination. Now, at first, these men both seem to start out in the same position. There are several things about these men that are similar. For example, they were both building a house. Both heard God's word. Both faced storms. By outward appearance, you would not be able to tell the difference about their status or where they were headed. 
But there's a key indicator hidden in this parable that shows where the similarities between these two men end. It explains why they started out looking the same, but ended up with very different results. And the difference comes down to one factor. One obeyed God and one didn't. One practiced obedience and one did not. In other words, one had habits that led to success, and the other had habits that led to failure. They had two different futures, and it was based on one thing and one thing alone, their different habits. So today, let's learn from the story of these two men as we discover three truths about habits. And here's your first truth for today. Your habits determine your future. Listen again to a few key phrases from our scripture text. In verse 24, Jesus said, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. Everybody say, puts them into practice. It's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And then in verse 26, he said, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. So Jesus specifically links success and failure to the practice of obeying God. Both men heard the word, but only the one who practiced obedience was successful. Well, what does it mean to put God's word into practice? Simply put, the things you practice every day are called habits. Habits are daily practices. And your habits, your daily practices are what determines your future. You can predict your future based on your habits. For the truth is, you form habits and your habits form you. This is what the Bible teaches us in 1 John 3, 7 and 8. Let no one deceive you. Tell your neighbor he's talking about you. Don't let anybody deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. So hear what God is telling you today. If you practice righteous habits, then you're a righteous man. If you practice sinful habits, you're a sinner. Practice successful habits, and you'll be successful. Practice uphill habits, and you'll go uphill. Practice downhill habits, and you'll go downhill. This is the lesson we learned from the prophet Daniel in the Old Testament. Daniel was a great prophet, but he was also a great leader and a great ruler. Even though he was a Jew living in a foreign land, he was able to rise to the second highest position in the greatest kingdom on earth in those days. It would be like someone from Ghana becoming vice president of the USA. He achieved amazing success, and his story makes it clear that he was successful because he had successful habits. See, the Bible is clear. Daniel's success was not based on favor. After all, he was a Jew, a foreigner who was normally looked down upon in Babylon. And Daniel's success wasn't based on circumstances. He was taken as a prisoner of war and exiled from his homeland like a slave. And even when he was able to overcome adversity and rise to the top, his career was marked by frequent interruptions. He faced opposition. Throughout his life story, we see that first Daniel was in power, then he was out of power. He was in favor, then he was out of favor. He was in the inner circle of power, then he was in the lion's den. But no matter what circumstances he faced, his habits kept him on top. In fact, his success led to others being jealous of him. 
In Daniel 6, 4-5, we read, Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. So they concluded, Our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. The story goes on to tell us how these jealous co-workers went to the king. They persuaded the king to pass a law that prohibited anyone from praying. And the consequences of breaking the law was to be cast into a lion's den. But in spite of the threat, the Bible tells us that Daniel's habits kept him on course to overcome the opposition. Listen to Daniel 6.10. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Daniel succeeded because Daniel had successful habits. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. Successful habits create success. And the same truth applies to all of us. You can predict your success based on your successful habits. But not only will successful habits create success in your life, they will also keep you in the time of storms and testing. You see, in the time of trial and temptation, Daniel didn't have to think about what to do. In the time of testing, he didn't have to seek advice or agonize over his decision. He was in the habit of practicing prayer, and it came naturally to him when he needed it. His outcome was almost automatic because he had formed habits and they had formed him. The outcome of this test was predictable. Daniel's habits foretold his future. And the same is true for you. You can predict your future based on your habits today. You are what you do repeatedly. So often we think we need better circumstances to have a great life. But what we need is better habits. Circumstances come and go up and down, but habits remain. That's why in this story Jesus told us in Matthew 7, the man with the habit of following Christ was able to withstand the storm. His success wasn't based on circumstances. His success was based on his habit of practicing God's word. That's why verse 25 says, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. The uphill habits of the wise man enabled him to hang on to his uphill hopes even in the midst of the hurricane. When the storm blew in, his hope held on because his habits had prepared him. His practice of obedience to God's word empowered him to withstand the opposition. And that's important for all of us to know because the truth is life's biggest blessings are on the other side of opposition. That's the truth we can learn from the true story of a man named Trenton Lewis. Back in 2017, Trenton Lewis got a job working at a shipping company in his hometown of Little Rock, Arkansas, USA. Trenton was excited about being hired as he had no job and he had a little baby daughter he had to provide for. But there was just one problem. His workplace 
was 18 kilometers from his house, and Trenton didn't own a car. He had no money to take transport. And even if he had the money for transport, he had to report to work at 4 a.m. every day before transport was readily available. Most people would have just refused the work or made some excuse. But Trenton knew that life's biggest blessings are on the other side of opposition. So he got up every day at midnight and walked 18 kilometers to work. He trekked every day. Then after working hard all day, he would walk the 18 kilometers back home. Trenton walked to and from work 18 kilometers every day for seven months. It seemed like he could be stuck walking to work for the rest of his life. But successful habits create success. And God blesses us when we are relentless in the face of opposition. And then in 2018, after trekking to work for seven months, Trenton's co-workers bought him a car. They took a collection, bought a car, and handed him the keys in a surprise ceremony in the car park. Listen to Trenton's testimony in his own words. I knew days were going to get better if I kept coming to work. And that's just what I did. God always has something for you. Sometimes you just have to form the habits that will achieve your hopes. See, everything you want in life is uphill. Everything valuable is uphill. Moses had to climb uphill to meet God on Mount Sinai, but there he met with God and was surrounded by his glory. Jesus had to climb uphill to the mountain of transfiguration, but there he communed with his heavenly Father, and the glory of God shone around about him. Later, at the end of his time on earth, Jesus climbed uphill, carrying the cross to Mount Calvary. He had to pass through the greatest suffering ever known to man, yet on the other side, he secured the greatest blessing blessing known to man because he climbed uphill to Calvary. We can be born again. We can have eternal life. And there's a mountain for us to climb too. That's why David said in Psalm 24, 3 to 4, who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. Everything you want in life is uphill. But you can't go uphill with downhill habits. You can't achieve your dreams with bad habits. You can't stand on the mountaintop if you're stuck in a valley of bad habits. For the truth is, your habits determine your future. What you do repeatedly determines your destination. For the road leads where the road leads. Follow the road of bad habits and you'll end up at the destination that bad habits lead you to. Follow the way of Christ, and you'll end up at the destination where Christ leads you. And that brings us to our second truth about habits. Your habits display who you follow. Think again about the story in Matthew 7. Jesus tells us that there are only two builders and only two types of habits. Habits that obey God and habits that don't. So Jesus teaches us plainly, either you follow his words or you don't. If you make a habit of obeying Jesus, you're following Jesus. If you make a habit of disobeying Jesus, you're following sin. It's plain and simple. That's why Romans 6.16 tells us, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you 
choose to obey. You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. And this is so important for us to understand. At the end of the day, it's not just your words that determine who you are. It's your actions as well. At the end of this life, it's not just what you claim to believe that determines where you will end up. It's your actions too. That's why the Bible says in James 2.17, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. And God is telling us that if we have true faith, it will always produce good habits. Understand that good habits don't produce faith. You can't work your way to heaven or earn your salvation. But the presence of true faith will always produce good deeds and good habits. You can't say you have faith when there's no evidence of good habits. If you believe in Jesus but you never pray, your faith is meaningless. If you listen to God's word, but you don't do what it says, your faith is useless. Your uphill hopes won't come to pass when you practice downhill habits. We've gotten into a very bad habit in the church around the world today, thinking that our destiny is a result of prayer and faith alone. We think our success is determined by spiritual forces alone. But here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you. Faith is not a replacement for obedience. And miracles are not a substitute for surrender. You can't pray your way into heaven when you made a habit of following Satan on earth. Your habits, your daily practices, show who you truly follow. And when you allow sin to enter your heart, it comes in to take over. When you give in to one bad habit, it brings along a whole host of other bad habits. And the power of sin begins to overwhelm your life. That's the lesson we can learn from the true story of Lisa Ormond and the invasion of bees in her home. Back in March of 2017, Lisa noticed some bees outside her home in Georgia, USA. Honestly speaking, Lisa didn't think much of it. But just to be safe, she called a friend over who happened to be a beekeeper. A few days later, Lisa and her friend set out to investigate to see where the bees were coming from. And when they did, Lisa was shocked to discover that she had bees living in the ceiling of her home. So Lisa hired a man named Bobby Chasen to come in and remove the bees. But when Bobby went up into the space between the ceiling and the roof, he and Lisa were shocked to find not just a few bees, but 120,000 bees living above her ceiling. In fact, the honey and the honeycomb weighed 70 kilograms and measured two meters long. It took Bobby Chasen six hours to remove all the bees. How did 120,000 bees get into Lisa Orman's ceiling? They got there one bee at a time. One by one, for nearly three years, bees moved into Lisa's home. She didn't notice them at first. She didn't hear the buzzing or see the bees flying past her window. But one thing leads to another, and over time, bees overwhelmed Lisa. 
And this is the problem for every one of us. Sin comes in one sin at a time. Day by day, bit by bit, sin fills our lives. We may not notice it at first. We may think nothing is wrong. A nasty word here, a lying word there, a lustful thought here, a lustful act there. But over time, one thing leads to another. The sins become habits, and the habits overwhelm us. And in the end, we've all been overcome by sin. The sin nature gets encamped in our lives, and we are trapped. This is the testimony of every human who's ever lived. Even great men of God faced this same downhill pull. Listen to the words of the Apostle Paul describing his torment as he struggled with sin in Romans 7. The trouble is with me, for I'm all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. I've discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war within my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Paul had uphill hopes, but downhill habits. He wanted to obey God, but he did the opposite. And his story is my story, and his story is your story. On your own, we don't have the power to overcome our downhill habits. We need the power of God to break the downhill pull of bad habits. But here's the really good news. Jesus sets us free and gives us the power to break downhill habits. That's why Paul continues his message to us in Romans 7, 24 and 25. Who will free me, he cries, from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Somebody say, thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. The power of Christ overcomes every sinful habit when you yield to him and begin to follow him. This is the essence of the gospel. This is the power of God to save you. This is the truth that can set you free and change your life and change your destiny. When you acknowledge the problem and cry out to God for help, he will come and deliver you. For the fact is, you don't overcome downhill habits by making them smaller. You overcome downhill habits by relying on a bigger power. This is what James 1.21 says, so get rid of every filthy habit and all wicked conduct. Submit to God and accept the word that he plants in your hearts, which is able to save you. The first half of the verse tells us to get rid of the filthy habits. Then the second half tells us how, not by fighting them, but by submitting to a higher power. Maybe you've tried to minimize your bad habits. Well, it's not that big of a deal. It doesn't really matter. I only do it now and then, but here's the problem with that. You can't overcome bad habits by making them smaller. You can't minimize them. You can't ignore them. You can't overcome what you won't confess. For the fact is, you become bound to whoever you obey. When you follow the impulse to sin, you create an ever-increasing bondage of the will. Habits form and habits bind. And if you get into a wrestling match with sin, you will lose the battle. For sin is bigger than you. But the good news is, sin is not bigger than Jesus. 
Jesus is stronger than any sin and any habit. He can deliver you from every bad habit. That's why the Bible says in Romans 8, 1 to 3, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. God sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. That's why I'm here to declare to you today, if you'll get up and follow Jesus, he will deliver you and change you. If you'll make a decision to surrender to his power, he will break the power of sin and change your habits. If you'll make room for him by faith, it will produce the good deeds you need to achieve your uphill hopes. Christianity is not just about stopping bad things. It's about starting new things. It's vital that we stop sinning and break our downhill habits. But it's also vital that we start living for God. It's vital that we come to him and create new habits of righteousness, obedience, and life. But we don't just come to Christ to break free from old habits. He comes to us to deliver us and to change us into someone new. And new life brings new habits. When you start following Jesus, you start new habits. Obey Jesus and you will obey his habits. And that brings us to our third truth today. Your habits demand a first step. You have to take the first step towards the right habits. And you can take that first step by taking a step towards Jesus. See, Christianity is more than just overcoming bad habits. You have to build good habits. That's why Romans 12, 21 says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You have to replace evil with good. You don't go uphill by simply avoiding going downhill. You need uphill habits to achieve your uphill hopes, and you need to start small habits for good to take root and grow in your life. You have made a mistake, but you are not a mistake. You have failed, but you are not a failure. You may be down, but down is not your destiny. You may have downhill habits, but God has uphill hopes for you. That's the inspiring truth we can learn from the true story of Rene Martinez. Growing up, Rene Martinez had everything going against him in life. From early on, he was plagued by demons. When he was a baby, a child, his mother sacrificed an animal over him, and Rene started seeing demons. They haunted me my whole life, he says. Rene Martinez spent the majority of his childhood in and out of jail, breaking into homes, stealing guns, dealing drugs, and getting into fights. When he was 16, he was locked up in prison for attempted murder. He started a gang called the Latin Syndicate, which eventually grew to 300 gang members. Rene faced death many times. But one night in 2013, while recording some gangster music, he heard Jesus speak to him. And Jesus said, I spared your life for such a time as this. Rene repented on the spot. And after he was baptized, his whole life turned around. He now says, when I went in the water, that day shifted my life. I ain't never been the same. Something incredible in my life happened that I can't explain. It was Jesus. Only Jesus can do it. 
today, Rene Martinez is in ministry, preaching the gospel and evangelizing on the streets among gang members. And what he tells criminals and drug dealers on the street is what he would tell you today too. No matter what situation you're going through, no matter how hard you think life is, there is a way out. You have a chance to come out of the darkness right now and serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And in just a few minutes, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do just that. You can take that first step towards new life, new habits, and a new destiny by accepting Jesus. You can follow him and form new habits. But before I invite you to pray with me, let me read to you what the Bible says about how you can do that. Ephesians 4 says this, Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And these verses give us the steps we all need to take today. First of all, it says, since you heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him. And that talks about confession. Confess, I have uphill hopes, but I have downhill habits. I've learned the truth today that who I follow will determine my destination. Then the Bible says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life. That means to repent. That means to come to God and say, I want to change my habits. Take away my downhill habits and give me uphill habits. The Bible continues, instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. That means you have to believe that Jesus has the power to change you. And then it concludes by saying, put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. That is, you receive Christ. You receive forgiveness. You receive His righteousness. You receive salvation. You receive His life and let Him change you. For your journey to the destination of your dreams starts today with your first step. Give God one year of your life and see the difference He will make in you. Commit to one year of following Jesus and you will see your life will change. And here's what I want you to consider. If you won't follow Jesus, who will you follow? You have to follow someone. If you say you'll follow your own way, then you're mistaken. You can't follow yourself. You'll stumble on the path and you'll end up in a place you didn't intend to go. If you won't obey the word of God, whose word will you obey? We all obey someone's word, a philosopher, a religious leader, a friend. We all believe in some idea of truth. So whose truth will you believe? God alone is truth. All other voices are lies. If you won't become a Christian, what will you become? We're all headed somewhere. We're all going someplace. We all have a future here and in the hereafter. The difference is I know where I'm going because I have a guide who said I am the way, the truth, and the life. You can be deliberate about your destination by following a deliberate path. Or you can take your chances and end up wherever the road leads. But if you stop, and examine your habits, you'll see where you're headed. Your habits determine your future. Your habits display who you follow. And your habits demand a first step. Take that step today. Right now, I invite everyone watching and listening to pray with me. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can do that right now by praying with me. If you've been a Christian, but right now you've fallen into habits that have taken you away from God, you can come back today 
by praying with me. Would you bow your head and close your eyes and say this simple prayer after me today? Dear God, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I ask you to save me today. I confess that I have sinned against you. I'm not worthy to be called your child. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. I believe that he died on the cross and rose from the dead so that I might be saved. I ask you to come into my heart now by the power of the Holy Spirit and make me born again. I give my life to you and promise to obey you and follow you. Save me from sin. Deliver me from the devil. Heal me and fill me today. I thank you now by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Once you've prayed this prayer by faith from a sincere heart, I want you to write to me at testify at agapehousegana.org. The address is on your screen. I want to invite you to commit to following Jesus for one year and see the difference God will make in your life. As you develop uphill habits, you will achieve your uphill hopes. God has a better plan for you. May God richly bless you. Thank you for watching. I look forward to seeing you next week. The hope of God bless you for listening to this message. Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb is the senior pastor of Agape House, New Testament Church in East Lagon. If you are ever in Accra, we would like you to worship with us on Saturday night at 6 p.m. or on Sunday at 7.30, 9.30 or 11.30 a.m. You will have an awesome experience. We're here